Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to The Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And we are very excited today. We are with Tia Scott, and she is the owner of multiple businesses. I didn't even know some of these businesses that she's the owner of. Uh, Fox Run, Fox Run Farm, Fox Run Mobile Marketplace, and the market at Fox Run. Tia, you sound like you have your hands full at Fox Run. I have my hands full at Fox Run. I have a lot of foxes. So tell me, go through each of your foxes, and why are they foxy? (laughs) Um, so our first p- business is our parent business, which is actually Fox Run Farm. Um, it's where a lot of our um, design ideas live and where we're really um, working on like the administrative stuff and the design, the cool design things that we're working on. And from that, we have two subsidiaries. Is it a real farm? It is a real farm. We've- is it like working? Like, do you have a vegetable plot or is it more <laughs> of a hobby place? It's our hobby farm. It's a seven acre hobby farm out um, west of Maple Grove. Cool. So we grow um, produce and vegetables, which we donate back to um, local charities. Sure. Um, and one day we'd love to have like chickens and cows and stuff, but we're working on some of the back end stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. So that's the farm. And then tell me about the mobile marketplace. So mobile marketplace is our new concept that we've just rolled out this year in um in May of this year, it is Minnesota's first um, and largest mobile marketplace working with 13 local artisans. And um, the market at Fox Run actually sort of sprung from that idea. There's lots of places that we can't take the truck, so we needed a second entity to do the same thing, um, working with local artisans uh, without the wheels. So that is the market at Fox Run. Okay, and where is the market located? The market is actually a pop-up. So what we do is in places where we can't pop up with the truck, we pop up with the market. And is it like a 10 by 10, or is it larger than that? It's really big. Uh, The last couple places we just had the market at was at the State Fair. And then we also had just did the Twins Gate 34 experience. Um, and And you programmed the whole gate. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. We we just um, we just popped up with our, our artisan marketplace. Got it. OK. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you might hear your assistant, design assistant, Mariah Erickson, who's here, too. So thank you for being here. She's got a cute. Did you um, you have a chain stitched chambray shirt on Mariah? That's real cute. Did you chain stitch it? No, that is one of the vendors on the mobile marketplace truck. Okay, so who's that? Studio Sir. Her name is Annie Schilling, and she's awesome. She does all of the sassy hoops, and uh, she does some prints on uh, vintage wallpaper and frames them, and you can hang them in your office, whatever. Cute. She does all of the, like, hand-stitched stuff, so. Okay. All right. So when you think about Maker Tia, and someone particularly who would be in your market, what does that look like? Um, there's a real confusion, I think, between maker and craft. Mm-hmm. How do you define that? You know, crafters and makers, I think, you know, are of the similar breed. They really kind of do a lot of the same things, but what really separates it for us is a maker's doing something that a lot of crafters aren't doing. Um, you know, they're really putting together artwork you know in my mind and it's something that you know we've really sought to find people who are makers who are people that are just they're they're building they're maybe crafting but they're they're building products that are one of a kind you can't find anywhere else they're not mass producible they're really sort of honing in on their craft of what it is they're doing um and i know you know crafters are like the people who make and i don't want to like 
tease anybody, but you know, like they're the making the dish towels and stuff like that. Right. And it's not really like makers are doing things that aren't really mass producible. Um, whereas crafters, I think maybe do do those mass producible items. So what experience did you bring to this where you were like, Oh, I'm the person that can bring these people together. <laughs> uh, well, I, I actually don't have a, I do have a maker background. I've been an artist my entire life. But I actually came up through the corporate world. Um, so my background is I was a I was a graphic designer. I went to school for design, and I worked in Fortune 100, 500, mm-hmm. you know, 50 companies my entire career for 15 years. And um, I was an art director, and I always wanted to be an art director, and I, I knew what that path looked like for me. And I had finally achieved that like dream job, right? Like I got it, and it was like magical the, the, the angels were singing and everything was wonderful um for like a hot second and i realized that once i had gotten to my dream job it was not at all what i had you know like you build it up right like you, you anticipate what your dream job's gonna look like and then you get it and it's like Mm-mm. yeah want want it's just totally sucky so um i actually got to where i wanted to be very very early in life and um so i, I got my dream job and it was sucky and it wasn't, it didn't resonate with who I was as a person at the time, and it didn't resonate with what I really wanted to do. So I was one of those people who took a chance, and I like accidentally quit my job, and basically told my husband, I was like, uh, we'd been married six months, so I was like, honey, I think I just quit my job. How'd you accidentally quit your job? (laughs) (laughs) This is a story I tell quite often to pretty much all of my makers. So basically, um, in the company I was working at the time, you had to tell your manager that, you know, you were looking for other positions in the company because I really liked the company and the culture. And um, I think I was so stressed out by the job and I was stressed out by like all of the circumstances. I basically went to my manager one day and we'd had like a one-on-one and I, it just like, spilled out of my mouth I was like I don't think I want to work with you anymore I don't remember what I said but I was like I just don't want to work with you anymore and that next day she sent me an email and she's like uh we accept your resignation and I was like whoa hold the phone like I like what and the first person I called was my husband who we'd only been married for like six months at the time sure I was like I was like baby I think I just quit my job and he's like okay and I was like, no, baby, but like, I literally just quit my sick, like my, my job. Like, what, what are we going to do? And he's like, you'll be fine. It's fine. And he's like the cool cucumber of the whole bunch, right? Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so I quit my job and I just spent like the next year, you know, trying to figure out what that meant to me. Cause like, I, like, you know, when you build up like this dream job in your mind, like, and you, you know, I grew up from a very early age, you know, in a household that was like, once you pick it, you stick with it, right? And that was like the core value of who we were. Um, and then all of a sudden, it was like, that doesn't exist anymore. So what do we do? And through that, you know, like, I just sort of had this like moment of, I got to open myself to all these experiences. I just have to like, just be open to what comes along. And at the time, we were like renovating two houses and we were just doing all of this like life stuff. And I I had my first show. So I was, I was, like I don't know I was like flipping furniture and I was doing all these weird back ancillary things Mm -hmm. right things that don't really whatever and I met my first maker friend my my vendor partner and I told her I I remember we went to a meeting and I was like look I mean 
I don't know what this means and I don't know what this looks like, but I just know I want to work with you. Like, I just know that you have a great product and I think that we could work together. And she was just like, yeah, let's do it. I don't, she's like, she's like, I'm like, I don't know what this means. Like, what did she make? She actually makes pottery and she made um, ornaments and coasters. And at the time I was working with some interior clients and I was like, I just, I don't know. Like, I just want to, I just feel like I have to partner with you. I feel like I, like you're a kindred spirit and I just have to be like, we just have to work together. Yep. And I didn't know what that meant. And I felt like I was just like, okay, universe, like we'll, we'll just, whatever. We're just going to figure it out. So really, I mean, I think back to like how all this started and it was just so... You know, there's no concrete like thing that happened other than quitting my job accidentally. Um, you know, but really, the I think the maker world kind of found us, and we just kept partnering and partnering with people, and thus have really grown into what we our business that we're doing. So, today. for brass tax purposes, yeah, you're gonna do a pop up. Yep, you're going to work with the potter. You're going to work with the chain stitcher. You're going to put these people together. And then how does it work? Do you take a percentage and you do the marketing? Do you find the space? Like, what is your actual role? So my role is actually to bring these people together and to get them into opportunities that they may not be able to get themselves into just as themselves. And I think, you know, today we have a really big maker culture. Like, the Twin Cities is huge for maker cultures. Um, And really what my role is, is to help people get to opportunities that they wouldn't normally get to and can you give me an example of that like why can't the potter just go and sign up for a holiday market if she wants to well i mean you could i mean obviously like that holiday market is you know available and there's some widely available resources but what we found is we have a really great strength in partnering and aligning ourselves with people who are really great at what they do and then with our relationships and from my background um, and team building and, and sort of partnering with people, we've been able to do things in like a relatively short amount of time, like get into the state fair or go to the twins and really sort of bring all these people together and bring all these makers together and um, give them an opportunity that, you know, if they had applied by themselves, might not get by themselves. So it's the putting all these pieces together that makes a better whole. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I really think that the new shopper, people who are just, you know, looking for something different, like they want to feel like they don't have to go to 50 different booths to get all the things that they need. They want to stop at a one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. And for us, you know, we, from the get-go, we knew we wanted to partner with makers and people who make things. And really, um, we feel like that's sort of our wheelhouse. Um, And I think that people are excited to come see us because all of a sudden now it's like a whole shopping experience, right? It must be you too, that the curation of who you put together means something to your shopper. Absolutely. I think so. I mean, and I really work to make sure that we have the best of the best as, you know, from, from both a, a maker perspective and the best product that we have. And, um, one of my kind of hard and fast rules is like, we don't have two makers who do the same thing because really, you know, if you think about, traditional stores like you might have four jewelry makers Mm -hmm. right but for us we want to promote that maker so we have a maker who does jewelry we have a maker who does um leather work or you know that sort of thing so we really try to keep it so that the lines are not 
blurry in terms of how who's doing what so we can promote them as a maker and then when someone signs up with you and you're going to do a market do you take a percentage of overall sales and you apply that to marketing and then do you handle the marketing the email list all of those items we um we're really i mean yes i do take a percentage so i take a small percentage because i know that there are some companies out there who are taking a large percentage you know they take upwards of 50 percent that we hear um, and we take a relatively small percentage because we don't have a ton of overhead i mean and we do try to do a lot of the marketing for them and we try to like um i mean where my focus is and this is why i have mariah here um my focus is really like making sure like the experience is really great whereas mariah is really great on making sure like some of the marketing and some of the social aspect is is really taken care of and we're really kind of giving the whole experience in terms of an event when you go. So when someone signs up to do an event, Mariah, do you coach them on, we want you to do this many posts while you're at the market. We want you to do this many in advance. These are the hashtags that you should use. Like, do you spoon feed all of that information to them? We are getting there. So right now we basically all cross promote each other. That's one of the aspects of this group mentality, our collaborative of makers. Um, So we are, Working on getting, like, you know, having all of this stuff ready as far as um, the hashtags and, and mm-hmm. you know, post, you know, three times and stuff like that. We're not quite there yet, but um, we. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning, too. We're only like six months into, yeah. you know, these 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 two particular businesses. We're we're still really, you know, young in terms of like how we're sort of operationally sure. handling all this. So, yeah. So yeah. it's, you're improving and seeing what works as you go. Yeah. Why did you decide, so was the truck first and now the pop-ups because you're realizing, while well, the truck doesn't work in all these spaces? Yeah. Yeah. So we actually had um, uh, a show that we did, our very first show, and we got invited to do a pop-up, which we were like, yes, absolutely. Um, and they're like, they're like, but you can't bring the truck. And we're like, What? And we were really disappointed. And they're like, well, you know, it doesn't meet ADA requirements. And we're like, oh, that's something we totally missed. Like, and then all of a sudden I was, I had to really spin on my heels really quickly and, and, you know, open the market at Fox Run because we realized we were missing a whole like legion of shoppers that we were totally, you know, essentially taking off because they couldn't get to the truck or not accessible because of space. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden we were like, wow, we just totally missed the mark on this, but we have an opportunity to fix it. So we ended up taking the, the mobile marketplace and then taking that same concept and switching it into a booth style with a pop-up with the market. One of the things that's interesting to me about what you're doing is you're really going from, I want to work with this person first to I'm going to make money 10th, really, it sounds like, (laughs) which is a, it's a unique way of doing it because I think people start out their business with this, like, I need to make money and this is what the money is going to look like, but then how do I fill it in? And one of the things since I've left my own, like I owned my own business and sold it. And so I'd been in corporate America, then I was an entrepreneur. One of the things when I left and it was the only thing I knew and I'm still I feel like I'm evolving every day, really. The only thing I know for sure is I only want to work with people that I like. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my only criteria. Yep. And when I look at the corporate jobs that I've had or being an entrepreneur and the people that really fueled me and where I got really excited about the work was, did I just like the humans I worked with? Mm-hmm. You know, I got lucky in the entrepreneurial setting 
that I had a lot of those people that I worked with. Right. And you've like sort of fed off them. And I they, did. And they fed you in a way, right? And I feel when you talked about like I fired myself. <laughs> yeah. First of all, as an entrepreneur, I will tell you, I was the master at people firing themselves. Yeah. I gave you the rope to fire yourself. Yeah. And a lot of times when someone's in that space like you were, I'll, I'll just be honest, you're maybe not doing your best work and your mo- your boss knows that, your supervisor knows that, your coworkers are hearing you talk about, you know, and ideating other things. And so when someone opens that door as the employee, I kick it open for them further. And like, yes, I'm so sorry to hear this, but I understand what your dreams are and what motivates you. Because really, if that was where your passion was, then that is what you should be doing. And so am I helping you or hurting you by trying to hang on to you? Right, right. I mean, and I think for for me, looking back at that experience, like I was really burnt out. We were going through a lot of life changes at that time. But I look back on it and I and I have those moments where I doubt myself. I'm like, maybe it would just be way easier to go back to corporate. It would. Maybe it would just be like more beneficial to our bottom line household income. Like maybe... There's no question about those I things. mean, and yes. I, I have all of those doubts, like every single day like I just doubt myself like am I doing the right thing is this really where we need to be going but then I think about it and I'm like I have given 13 15 18 people the ability to do what they love to do on a daily and very consistent basis because of what I really like to do and I really love to build and promote and like have all of these weird exciting things that we're building and I think to myself like could I really give that up? And my husband and I have this conversation all the time. Like, like we have a bad day. I'm like, man, I should just go back to corporate. And we have a really great day. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so ruined for corporate for the rest of my life. Like, I just, I can't see a way that, like, I mean, to do what I do and not enjoy it. I mean, I get to work with the most amazing people who they're excited about what they're doing. And maybe this is like their third or their fourth job. Literally, like they have kids and they have a full-time job and they're making on the side and, you know, all of these, you know, aspects of their life are happening. But really, then you think about, you know, their passion and what they're doing and and then I'm like oh my gosh and then they get excited about a new product and we're collaborating together like what do you think about this and what do you think about that and now all of a sudden like we're building a community of people who um you know like they want to shop together like so we have our our two people who do like fabricy things and they shop together and we're building like a community of people who just want to hang out and do cool stuff together and there is a real a lot of makers are not good business people <laughs> like yes. they're good at their yes. product they're good at what they make but when you ask them like how much their cost of goods are or you talk to them about how they're going to scale up or their social media their eyes glaze over and they're just like I don't know yeah yeah I mean we find that a lot of people um you know especially our makers are good at different things um in each of like their their skills right like we have someone who's like really great at social media and we have somebody who's like really great at the business background but are they all combined in one person absolutely not and really what our focus has been over the last six to eight months is helping these women primarily women Mm -hmm. get connected with other women um and sort of giving each other a resource for like bouncing ideas off so like someone comes to me and they're like man i'm really struggling with xyz i'm like okay go talk to you know you know, go talk to Mariah. Like she'll help you with, you know, some of the back end or whatever. Or someone's like, man, I really have a product in mind, but I just don't know who to reach out to. Now all of a sudden I can be like, well, what does it look like? And tell me, you know, some of your backstory. And I'm like, let's get you connected to XYZ, whoever. So we're really sort of hoping to like provide this sort of ancillary service of 
building a community of people who love to make and having them have resources to be able to do those makings. You guys should check out Midwest Pantry because I did Mm. do a podcast with them. Oh, gosh, it's probably been about a year and a half ago. Um, But they do that for food makers. So they give them counseling on what does packaging need to look like? How do you get on a shelf at a grocery store? How do you know when it's time to leave the farmer's market and move to a grocery store? What is it like when you find a co-packer? that they have that community plus it's a big networking community right so they have networking events and they do a holiday market like i could see that being something that you could offer in the maker space in a more um structured way yeah i mean and i'll be really honest like with all of the listeners like i don't know like i can only tell you what my best guess is but like you know this isn't like I never went to school for this. This isn't like this is just my passion and my my hobby turned full time job. You know, like so I just I feel like you know coming into a situation like I can only be as honest as what my opinion is. But I and then of course the back end of it is that I have thirteen really amazing people who I'm always bouncing ideas off of. I'm like, what does this look like? Because I'll be the first one to tell you I don't know. Like I just and people ask me all the time like, what does the future hold for you? I'm like. I, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll be really honest about how I think we're doing and how, you know, from numbers perspective, I know we're, we're, we're working through. But, you know, just in terms of, like, how we're going to mature and develop, I, I just, I don't know. I'm going to let 13 other people help with that. So It is interesting. Um, some of this, I don't even know how to get into this piece of it, but <laughs> some of this is the luxury of two two income home right yeah or one income home that yep. you can rely on so a lot of the makers that come on here have a significant other that is doing the daytime job that is carrying the benefits that is allowing you to have this creative outlet to create and make this entrepreneurial thing go right yeah, i thank god every day for my husband i promise he's a saint so but Put- there's but there's part of that that it, it's weird because some of it is privilege right to be able to step back and spend a year thinking about like contemplating my navel i'll use myself as an example like well what is it i really want to do like that's a gift that's a luxury that a lot of people don't have but that is sort of where these really cool businesses can stem from right Mm -hmm. so you mentioned that a lot of your makers it's like their fourth job yep but that is a lot of times where creativity bubbles up and comes from Mm -hmm. And sometimes you are lucky enough that you get to have your creative life at your day job. Like, that's great. That works for a lot of people. But for a lot of other people that don't, that isn't the way that it comes together. I like um, something about you that strikes me is you're a real risk taker. (laughs) And that's an entrepreneurial trait that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, I mean, I've always been somebody who's like, you know, I I think... I'm thinking like 40 steps ahead. Um, and one of my, I, I don't know if you know, like the, the discs or like the profile personality. Sure. One of my biggest strengths is um, like the future analyzing. So I'm always thinking. Ideating. Through, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like um, strategy, strategy, strategization. So I'm always thinking like, well, if this happens and this will happen and that will happen and whatever. So, I mean, I feel like my personality always prepares me for the worst um, and hopes for the best. But I mean, I really have always been the person who's, you know, like I've been, I in the, historically in my my career been driven to like get to a place, and now I'm like, the sky is the limit. I don't know what this looks like, so I'm I'm just like just gonna say yes to everything because why not? You well, know? and I I mean the natural thought is a retail location, a store. Is that something that appeals to you? You know, and I go back and forth on this idea because um, you know we we think about 
having roots, right? Like having us a place where people can come. But then you think about like, well, retail is really high right now. And like the store space is like astronomical. It could be like 13 to $15 a square foot. So how would you ever, you know, be able to afford that without rolling all those costs down to your makers? And then I think about, well, maybe we should just be mobile forever because that's, you know, that's a really hot topic right now. And I just kind of go back and forth. But I think to myself, I'm like, if I was to ever really set roots, it wouldn't be in a traditional way. It'd be in a very untraditional way. Like maybe I'm like giving away the farm already, but I think, um, you know, I've, I've always thought about having like maker spaces and having like yes. a space so people can come. There's tools available. Like you just come and you hang out. And Those you places do. are pretty successful. There yeah. are a few here in the Twin Cities and We're, they do pretty well. Yeah. I mean, but I think about those versus a, a traditional retail space because what is the draw? Like why would people come to a traditional space just to shop? You know, like when we meet with people, pretty much we find that, you know, they're coming there for the experience. They want to see the truck or they want to like... Like our booth is like stands out heads over tails, so they want to come see what that looks like. And we've really worked on the experience portion of it. But we feel like if we give that experience 365 days of the year, what is the point to come? You it, know, it is a challenge. And I like some of the makers that I've worked with, like um, an example would be Essence One. So they made these beautiful bath and body products and they sold online. But they also met all these people at these pop-ups that they did. And then a product, like they have this natural deodorant that really stood out that started to like, people were seeking it out and wondering where they were going to be. And they weren't anywhere specific. So it was in a in effect for them, kind of a detriment because people were wanting their products but didn't know exactly where to get them. Yeah. So there may be an evolution for you down the road. And where... I, yeah, I mean, and I see it coming. I just, I don't know that it's a brick and mortar. Like, I feel like this next iteration is going to be something sort of wild and different that gives us roots and gives us wings at the same time because really where people, I think, are following us are coming through to that idea of, like, they can only find us for just a short period of time. I like that concept of roots and wings mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, and I don't know what that looks like. I mean, we've talked about, do we do a fleet of trucks? Do we get a old double-decker bus and we just yeah. drive around and people can step on and shop and we let you off at the next stop? Like, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> like, like, we've really thought a lot about, like, what does that next iteration look like? And, and I just haven't landed on anything that really resonates because today's retail world needs to have something that's so different. Like, you just can't be like everybody else. You just can't, you can't do the same things everybody else is doing and expect to have the same amount of results, you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure if anyone's going to find it, it's you, Tia. Oh, I can just hear you. it evolving in your head right now. <laughs> and Mariah, when you think about, um, you, you mentioned the experience, like, mm-hmm. is that obviously must be your expertise, the design of what that experience looks like and what things are supposed to feel like when someone interacts with the brand? Um, I do part of that. Tia, Tia does a lot of that design work, but... Um, one thing that I love about the truck is that when people come on, um, we normally have Tia working and then also one of the other makers. So I'm one of the makers on the truck. I do uh, pillows, pillow covers, spicy nacho decor. Shout out. Um, Say it again, spicy what? Spicy nacho decor. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. So she's so she is, she's my assistant and she's one of our makers. Okay. Yeah. Spicy yeah. nacho decor. I yeah, like it. Yeah. I do pillows. So um so, so there's always a maker on the truck. So you can, you know, welcome the people into the truck. And I mean, it's a really, um, 
uh, well-lit, not claustrophobic environment. We always have music playing. Like We're like, hey, welcome. We do a lot of um, dance parties. We introduce the maker, whoever's working that day, be like, she made this product. You know, yep. this is how... You know, she makes it and she starts interacting with the customers. And, and so it's just, it's a more personable um, uh, environment and, and experience for yeah. the shopper. So um, I, I love that. It and, sounds fun. Yeah. And I love the name Spicy Nacho. Where did it come from? Ooh, it's an attitude. Okay. I like it's it. An attitude. It has nothing to do with food, which is kind of ironic. But I was like, well, all the traditional, like, catchy like threads or fabric uh, terms are taken. So I was like, oh, yeah. let's do something entirely different. You'll so, just be the spicy nacho. Spicy nacho Where do you want people to follow you so that they know where your pop-ups are or where they can find the truck? So we're online um, on Instagram, on Facebook, all the traditional. We don't have a Twitter because I'm too sassy, and clearly the two of us together are too sassy for Twitter. Um, but You'd get you, in trouble. We would. Like I feel like we'd be banned pretty quickly. Um, but we have an Instagram, we have a social, and we have a Facebook um, at Fox Run MN or on our website you can follow the truck and its adventures at Fox Run Mobile Marketplace all one word dot com. Okay. Thanks for being on today, ladies. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much.